0: Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We're glad you're here today. We're glad you chose this podcast amongst the many Student Ministry Podcasts to listen to. Hopefully you listen to the other ones too. They're amazing as well. But as far as this one goes, we'd love to hear what you think, so leave a rating and review. We always read those so that we can always get better and give you what you want in terms of Student Ministry Podcasting. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, alongside producer nathan what's up how's it going i'm good man always good to see your face same uh, even though listeners you can't see our faces we can see each other so that's a good thing hey we are really excited about today's episode let me introduce you to our guest his name is levi let he is the founder and lead pastor of fresh life church located in montana wyoming oregon and utah in terms of locations but also online everywhere he is the best-selling author of Through the Eyes of a Lion, Swipe Right, I Declare War, Take Back Your Life, and Roar Like a Lion. Also travels around, speaks with student ministry audiences, as well as audiences that are more broad. He and his wife, Jenny, have one son, Lennox, four daughters, Olivia, Daisy, Clover, and Lenya, who is in heaven. So, Levi, thank you for being a part of the podcast today. It is great to have you on. Oh, Thank you so much, Ben, Nathan. It's, it's joy to be had. Well, we want to get into some specific things really quickly. Uh, You guys are getting ready to, at the end of the summer here, have an incredible event for student ministries that we want to let people know about. But before we get into that, you gave us a teaser before we pressed record that you are big into cold plunging, and I have to know more.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, it is a rush. I started to get into it through cold shower. So I would finish my shower cold. You do your whole normal shower. Then the last thing you do before you get out is put it to cold for 15 seconds, a minute, two minutes, as long as you can take and to stand under the icy cold water. But the key is you end cold. You don't go back to hot. You get out. Normally your shower, when you get out you're like, oh my gosh, it's so cold in the bathroom. But now the shower, warm air feels great because you're not in cold water anymore. That's the gateway drug, people. Uh, (laughs) but then I started, you know, just doing more like if we were at a lake, you know, any cold water, ocean. And then Now, you know, I bought a stock tank like cowboys have to give their horses water, put ice in it, get it down to, you know, 40s and then, you know, sit in it for three minutes and it's a rush. You, uh, the, the health benefits are incredible for your heart, for burning fat, for psychological toughness, but it's also just so good for any sore muscles. I get rotator cuff stuff sometimes, traps sore legs from running or biking and it just, it takes, I mean, there's a reason all the NBA guys go sit in cold water after a game.
0: Yeah, man. They're, uh, I, our gym is getting ready to put in a cold plunge room right now and I've never done it, but they're, they're installing it. Some of the guys have, uh, do the ice thing out back in like the horse deal, but they're putting in like the plunge tank with actual, like, uh, basically an anti hot tub machine. That's going to cool the water. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested to give it a try. It's something I've never done. Did this start with you for like a Wim Hof kind of deal? Like, is that how you first started I, that? I or? track
1: with Wim Hof. I watch him. I follow the, a surfer named Laird Hamilton, a big wave surfer. Okay. He, he always is posting videos of him doing ridiculous workout stuff. The guy's like 60 something, but looks like he's like 30 shredded.
0: And that's where I first started seeing it. Okay. Well, that's amazing. I, I'm I'm excited now. More excited now that uh that it's getting ready to be put in the gym. Do it. My and son- just know this.
1: First thing, first minute's the worst. Every time you okay. get in the first minute, it's just awful. After that, it's fine. Uh, but they say the benefits wear wear off after eleven minutes in a week. So 11 minutes a week broken up in two to four sessions. So you okay. hear of guys like, I went in for 17 minutes. I have a buddy who he went in for over 24 minutes and almost had to go to the ER because after like six hours he was still shaking. So yeah. just know it's you're not doing anything good for <laughs> yourself after 11 minutes. That's Stanford uh, uh, study that came out of Stanford, 11 minutes broken up in two to four minute segments.
0: Okay, there you so seventeen minutes. You're like, man, you you're wasted six minutes of your life.
1: You're wasting your time, and really, yeah. even eleven minutes in one sitting is not going to do it. It's broken up in two to four sessions.
0: Okay, very and then cool.
1: Go into the sauna afterwards. That's the money. All right. So cold then hot. Yeah, and you're like thermoregulating because sauna is really good for inflammation, really good for your heart, really good for all the similar benefits. But paired together, you know, your, all your blood's going to your core to keep you alive in the cold and it's going back out to your extremities in the hot. Super
0: fun. Love it. Well, I want to talk about the movement conference here in just a minute, but I want to I want to talk about Montana first. That's where you planted the church, founded the church, have been there, leading there. Why this area of Montana? What, what about it did the Lord say, hey, this is the spot? Man, that's such a good question. Well,
1: first of all, right now, as I'm speaking, I would ask everyone to Pray a prayer for Montana because we're in state of flooding. Yesterday, our governor declared disaster of Yellowstone, which closed for the first time like in 30 years uh, because of incredible uh, amounts of, of, of rain and snow melt off that had just basically they're calling it a thousand year event. Wow. I saw that yesterday. So, yeah. So right where I live, they've got uh, people have lost houses. People are in the high school. They've made an area where people can go to. Um, Luckily, no one's been hurt yet. Everyone's been able to get the word out, praise God. And um, we're packing sandbags and some stuff like that down at our church in Billings. But um, so that's just a shout out for a prayer for Montana. But by the time people listen to this, that may be all taken care of. Uh, We'll take the prayer anyway, though, right? Um, Yes, absolutely. The the area, I don't know, you know, it's the nickname for it is God's country. And it, there is just really something so special about it. The sky is bigger. There's just a, uh, you have that mountain air. Summer times are really warm, but then you have, you know, of course, four seasons and snowing, and it's just a very special place and all of that's fine. But God just made us feel like we should try to reach people here. And so yeah. 15 years ago we came, we didn't know what we were doing. We were very young, newly married. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our second daughter at the time, though we didn't know that. And we just wanted to reach people for Christ, and we felt maybe it was supposed to happen in Montana, mm-hmm. and every everything pointed that way. So we started the church. People started to come to know Jesus, and it's grown. And we've, you know, by God's grace, like you mentioned, been able to, you know, write some books and send out podcasts from here that get listened to all over the world, and. And yet we love just living here, doing life here, you know, and, and seeing a church get built here.
0: Love it. Well, I would love to hear, cause I know you speak to student audiences all over the place, have a heart for student ministry and the next generation. And from that comes this event that you're calling the movement conference. It comes, it is in August, August 4th through the 7th this year. So I would love to hear kind of how that vision began and say like let's bring people to Montana let's reach the next generation here and from all over the place.
1: Yes sir. Um, so I got saved at summer camp. That's how I met okay. Jesus. Nice. And I think a lot of people had that story, you yeah. know. There is something so pure about a camp. Leaving your home, you know, I remember my camp experience, we slept in a tent. We were we were, you know, it was under the stars. And there's something I think that is lost in the city. That in the country you experience, the wilderness you experience being in the elements. And so that was formative for me. So flash forward to me as a youth pastor, that was a priority for me, always yeah. making sure there were those moments. You know for one thing, as a youth pastor, if a student comes two times a month, which is probably even being very optimistic in this climate, to yeah. youth group, you're getting what two hours a month with them. So youth camp, you're talking about 40 hours together plus the bus rides plus yeah. the you know the other moments and so that's like what five years of youth ministry in a week <laughs> that's right yeah you can't even compare that you know so so I think um, as a youth pastor that was a priority for me and then as of course transitioning into being a lead pastor, it was um, important for us to always prioritize that and make sure you know that we would we were doing that creating those spaces. but then I'll, I'll be honest Ben coming out of the pandemic a couple things happened. Um, I was preparing to turn 40. And when you get to that stage, you start to ask questions. And one of the questions that God led me to journal and begin asking was, what am I doing now to reach the person who's going to reach Lennox's grandkids? Lennox is my youngest son who's four. Who's going to reach Lennox's grandkids, right? So it's like, what do we do? And of course, the answer to that question is you keep reaching young people Mm -hmm. who reach young people who reach young people. So it scales, right? And then the second thing that happened was all the studies coming out of the CDC that I was reading about uh, young people in America feeling one out of five, I think it is, c- describing themselves as hopeless or chronically despairing and the amount of young people who even are in ex- escalating numbers taking their lives. Mm-hmm. And then that hit us close to home. We had a, a what's called a cluster of suicides where a virality of suicides sweeps through an area. And it was just, we were all, all of us, just heartbroken over young people yeah. taking their lives. And so all of those things happen. And at the same time, um, we were in the talks for our summer camp. And I just said, we need to do something more. We need to really throw some lighter fluid on this thing. And it's not enough for us just to, you know, put on a youth group event for our students. We need to do something that can scale this. Because I, be- I I speak at youth conferences all across the country that are large. You know, I've done all the big ones. Alabama, Florida, you know, South Carolina, uh, Myrtle Beach and uh, Georgia. There's there's some very large ones. And I started to think about it and I realized that's all on the East Coast. Georgia, mm. Florida, Alabama. And I was thinking where is there a big gathering that a small church youth pastor with seven or eight kids or you know whatever could say, "Hey, I could be a part of something big." But then also I was thinking when I go to those youth conferences, where are the kids sleeping? in holiday inns, you know, which there's nothing wrong with that. But again, what there's something about that destination, tent, camping under the stars. Even if you glamp, that's yeah. fine too. So <laughs> that all happened. And I felt like God gave me a vision of thousands of young people in a field with the mountains in the background and bald eagles and all the rest, horses, but worshiping Jesus. And and so I started texting friends, Tim Tebow's a buddy, Carrie Job and Cody Carnes, Phil Wickham, Crowder. And I just said, Hey, here's my vision. I'm going to rent this rodeo arena that's outdoors. I'm going to invite youth groups around the country to come join us for a couple of days seeking God in Montana. And I, and every, every one of them were like, we're there, we're there, we're there, we're there. So it just fell into place and we're going to do this every year by God's grace. We're, We're already planning for 2023 and I'm really believing that regionally this can be a thing that's a resource for, for youth pastors to bring their students, have them encounter God, and then go back to their student ministry on fire, hopefully for Jesus.
0: Yeah, man, that is amazing. I have, I've spent very little time in Montana, uh, just have passed through in some parts when I was younger, but the setting, you know, as you describe, there is, there is something to being in God's God's environment in what he's created and seeking him and being in an environment that's intentional and pointing people towards him at the same time. It's going to be an incredible thing. And when we were, when we first heard about it, I was like, we've, we've got to, we've got to help. We've got to be involved in, in helping spread the word. So it's cool to hear how that vision has kind of started way back when with the impact that camp had on you. I'd love to hear, what do you think it is? You've been to a lot of these things. What do you think it is that makes those kinds of environments, other than the time, that makes those kinds of environments, camps, what you're doing with movement, so special?
1: Great question. Well, when you look in scripture, you see you know, Jesus in the wilderness. You see G- Elijah out, out in the brook Cherith. You, know, you see John the Baptist in the wilderness often, in the deserts often. I feel like there's something about, like you said, the wild. There's something about that. Where did David hang out with the sheep, right? He was out there. We wouldn't have Psalm 23 if he wasn't chilling out there, you know, with the, by a mountain stream, you know, watching the sheep. And and then I also think you're away from distractions a little, the the tyranny of life, the normal of life. You're able to kind of, God can break through because there's space for it. And then it's also quite frankly, and I would just encourage every youth leader, every youth pastor listening. It's not just the moment, you know, yes, of course, hearing Carrie and Cody singing the blessing is going to be like the goosebump moment. But it's the moment before the moment, the moment after the moment, you know, it's when you're doing s'mores right before bed. It's those moments when, you know, you're on the bus ride. I think all of those things are cumulative and they really give space for those conversations that are really going to be life-giving and, you know, for students to open up and be vulnerable and let, let their guards down about what they're really
0: facing, I think. Yeah. It does have kind of the feel to it, the way you describe it. Outdoors and tents and things a little bit of like modern day music festival youth ministry type of experience.
1: Yeah. That's what we're hoping for. I mean, you, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest. There are some youth groups who have elected at this point to stay at hotels and I'm not mad at them for that. We have blocks <laughs> at all the major chains. Cause I understand some people will be intimidated by the prospect of bringing tents and all the stuff, sure. but for as many as who are willing to do it. And we're, I've been shocked, you know, compl- Ben, I thought it was going to be Montana, Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, you know, uh, Oregon. And we're seeing of course, signups from those areas. We have youth groups coming in from Maryland. We have youth groups coming in from Oklahoma and Texas and, and, and I'm just, I I think there's something about this area. Of course, the whole world's watching Yellowstone on TV and, and watching Kevin Costner play Cowboys. So there is something (laughs) to this, a fascination with this area, you know, that people are, you know, kind of, you know, I don't know if it's confused or enamored by, but we're, we're happy with it. If Kevin Costner wants to do the advertising for our summer camp, that's he's, he's more than welcome to. I
0: love it. I love it. Well, I want to I want to dive in a little bit to just the ministry context that you have lived in and served in for so long. Um, Ministry is different in the West and in the Northwest than it is in the Southeast. Like Nathan and I are both in Nashville with our with our jobs with Lifeway. Ministry is different here than there, and I would love to hear you speak to what you've learned over the last fifteen years of, of being there and planning the church and doing ministry in the Northwest that, that could be directed as principles to people who are seeking to learn how to do ministry in different places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, we've learned a lot. We, you know, I I would say I've never done ministry in the Bible belt. I mean, I've, I've spoken there. I've never been there long-term in and out, but it is a different mindset out here you know and and i would say even in the last 2 years that's there's been a seismic shift mm. i feel like the our culture has secularized in dog years for the last mm. 2 like wow. we've i feel like 14 years of life has passed and yet it's only been a couple on the calendar um, and uh, for us like you know montana legalized marijuana in the last in the last couple of years it all within that period of time so you know between my drive from my house to my office which i did just now I passed two churches, not one, but two churches that are now dispensaries. And if that doesn't hmm. communicate just a shift in, in values. And, and, you know, I know that all around the country as we've been calling youth pastors, letting them know, mobilizing, letting them, you know, seeing how we can serve. And by the way, we are going to be doing a breakfast with my wife and I for all leaders that are coming just to talk leadership, nice. encourage them, and hopefully have some time to impart some to them as well. So that those who are ministering are getting ministered to, but yeah, um, uh, and we'll we'll try and twist one of the artist's arms to come do a couple of acoustic songs there as well but the reality of of how much people got out of the rhythm of going to church it's just it, it is hard it's different i think people's patterns even the more hardcore people who were coming two to three times a month are coming you know once or twice and hey i'll just watch online which is a, a great option i'll never knock it cuz we do it but yeah. i think there is of course something lost in translation when you're not in a small group, when you're not serving, when you're not there to be, you know, encouraged face to face, there's something definitely lost. So I've learned a lot in, in, in general being here, but all I've ever known is long-term ministry in the West, you know, where there's not just that sort of like built in going to church Sunday, going to church Wednesday, going to church Sunday night, you know, where that's kind of culturally the the norm here. Right. Uh, it's I think harder for people to see what value there is, that that church has to bring in their lives because what I hear a lot from people that I, maybe I'm just talking to someone on the chairlift when I'm snowboarding, inviting them to church would be I ah, you know this is my church, being mm. on the mountain is my church. So there really is almost a um, you know like a, a secularism where where nature is kind of more deified and it's just like I'm I'm spiritual but not religious and so helping people see you know that we're, our our goal isn't them to be religious our goal is for them to know Jesus and have a relationship with him yeah. but Jesus built us to where what what we need is found in community is found you know in in those rhythms and and uh so yeah i think there's a lot that this this conversation is you know is is so nuanced
0: yeah i have a friend who does a lot of ministry in the uk who has, he's been there for 10 years and has often talked about how the ministry that he does in the UK is like the United States looking into the future, like ministry done here 10 years from now is the way that ministry has to be done in the UK currently. Uh, And he always, he's been on the podcast before and his statement is the gospel over there. The gospel moves at the speed of relationships and he just, his, his message to when he talks to people over here all the time is, man, without a relational connection, people don't want to hear anything that you have to say. Yeah. And they, it sounds like that's very similar to what you're describing as people consider spirituality versus, you know, my, my church is the mountain.
1: Absolutely. And I think what you're saying is right on. I think both in terms of the secular future of this country, but also that's how Jesus ministered. You know, he spent time with Nicodemus. He spent time with the woman at the well. You know, I think people don't, as it's been said, care what you know until they know that you care. But it is incredible also to remember like people are still empty. And I think that we, we must never overthink it. Like Billy Graham said, there's three truths about people. No matter where you live, where you're from, what kind of music you like, every single person has a sense of guilt. Every single person has a sense of emptiness. And every single person has a fear of death. And mm-hmm. I, I think in Christ, we have. We have the best answers that exist on this planet to all three of those things. So not being afraid, it's the gospel. You know, yes, the relational context is important. Yes, all the social stuff matters. Um, You know, I think, um, you know, for us right now, at this moment in our church, in addition to the stuff we're doing for the flood, it's our annual week of Rock to City, which is where we gather every single volunteer. And we say, let's all go to the homeless banks, the food shelters, the blood drives, the park cleanups. And we all do that at the same time to really cuz i think that's another important aspect like our living in uh in a society and a civilization should impact the city for good like jeremiah told the captives in babylon plant gardens build houses don't live at the edge of the city live in it thrive seek the peace of the city pray for the city and in its peace he said you will have peace and i think that you know sense of living in babylon is a model for us living in a post-christian nation. It's mm-hmm. seeing like yes we would love to see revival sweep through and our our patriotism and christian roots of our country more and more, you know, thrive. Of course, but at the same time, we live in the reality check is we live in a country that loves the fruit of christianity but does not want it. So yeah. we love the, in the west the ideas of uh, you know, of, of people matter and, you know, all, all liberty and happiness for all and a more perfect, you know, all the, but all those ideas were the result of the West, of Western civilization and of a Judeo-Christian worldview. So as culture turns its back simultaneously on what built those things, but wants them at the same time, you know, us looking at what our response should be to that is really uh, a template is given in
0: how the, the, the Jews lived in exile in Babylon. Yeah. So in the middle of all that, at the same time, we have this, this group of next generation of young people who are experiencing, as you described it, the ad- secularization in dog years, the, the, ad- the quick advancement of that. And they're, they have a lot of questions being bombarded with noise from, from all around. We hear from student pastors all the time, that they're dealing with this increased apathy among teenagers in their ministry, uh, an increased attitude that says, man, I'm just here. I don't, I'm not going to make this my life. I'm just, I'm just kind of floating through it right now. What do you, how do you encourage? Uh, I know you spent a lot of former youth pastor, spent a lot of time in youth ministry circles. How would you encourage? What kind of advice would you give to current youth pastors who are part of the process of building and developing the people that are gonna reach Linux as grandkids? How do you encourage those leaders now? I would encourage
1: them to, to never get confused with symptoms and the cause, the true cause, the true problems. You know, um, I've, I've been in physical therapy before. I broke my femur and have had a bunch of raft of raftive issues spring out from there. And one of the things that's interesting when you look at physiology is learning where pain presents and where pain's actually being caused by. You could have pain in your hip or pain in your knee. It's actually being caused by your neck. So when you're describing those things, I think the temptation for us always is to run around treating symptoms when, when the cause, you know, is a real issue. So, you know, uh, you deal with the problem, the source of the pain, you're actually, it's going to clear up at at the, at the place where you're, where it's presenting itself. So, um, the, the, the apathy and all these things like that we could run around like, well, let's get them on their phones less and let's, you know, all these sorts of Mm -hmm. things. It's all great. And that's true. But th- but if we can get them meaningfully on fire for Christ, living on purpose, living on mission. I know for me, I mean, I was experimenting with drugs in eighth grade and I was having suicidal thoughts and feeling just so like self-loathing, you know, I- identity issues. Uh, but it was it was coming to know Jesus and getting to, to be taught how to read his word for myself and then being told you have a part to play. You know, my youth pastor was amazing. He had the Saturday internship. He would have the students come on on Saturdays and hey, you help put this youth group on. You help plan these events. And that to me was being, hey, you're you're needed. There's there's like like as it's been said, everyone has those two needs to be both needed and known. And in Christ, we can have salvation and know him, but then be be told, like, you're not a second class citizen. That's how we build our student ministry. I always say to our students when I go to, you know, to address them, you're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of right now.
0: Yeah. That's you have right. the Holy
1: Spirit, you have gifts, you have calling. And then when they're engaged, you know, the, the devil loves a vacuum. And so I think there where there's that vacuum of time, vacuum of resource, he's gonna get in. So my encouragement would look for ways to mobilize them. Look outside of just the services and the youth group actual events, look
0: ways to engage them in in other time as well. Well, you have the movement conference coming up August the fourth through the seventh in Big Fork, Montana. Uh, And you can go find out more information at MVMNT2022.com. So we would love for you to go do that and be a part of this event. Levi, the last question I want to ask you about it uh, is let's fast forward to August the 9th of this year, two days after the event is over. What are you praising God for? What do you what do you hope he does through those three and a half, four days? Two days after the event's done.
1: Yes. Well, I, I plan to be lying on the ground in a puddle somewhere. Uh, so <laughs> no right. voice, Exhausting. probably uh, confused, uh, when <laughs> asking Jenny where, where, where my keys are. Right. No, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about all of the experience. Cause you know, the way we built it morning and evening sessions leaves, leaves the day free. So every youth group gets to pick their own. Do you want to go hiking, whitewater rafting? Uh, you know, do you want to go do zip lines? We have everything you could think of go rent a big pontoon and take your youth group on a boat. You know, there's 3000 yeah. lakes in the state of Montana. We got all the wreck you could think of. So all that was, is really going to be fun. And I'm excited. I hope it's all safe and everyone has a good time and no one gets lost in the, in the wilderness, you know, but, um, <laughs> buy some bear spray people. There are grizzly yeah, bears. That's right. Uh, and moose true story, but, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the number one thing is I'm, I've been praying for is salvation. I'm hoping that a lot, and we're going to make sure every night session, there's a, there's a chance for young people to make a, a faith decision. The BGEA, all the data is there. Most faith decisions come before age 18. You yeah. know, Ecclesiastes says, seek now your creator in the days of your youth. So I'm praying for salvation. I'm praying for young people to like me, get a sense of God's got a call on my life, like a fire in my bones and Mm. that they go back looking at their city differently, their school differently. I'm believing for breaking chains, for pornography, breaking chains on on identity, all the different things that are going to be issues that only get cured when when a risen, glorified Christ is seen and exalted. Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. And so we're not, we're, we're focusing on who Jesus is. What is the gospel? You know, these basics and why, why is it important for devotional? life? why is it important? Rich Wilkerson's coming from Miami. He's going to be talking about making decisions with relationships and while you're single and dating and all those things. We want all of those things to be an emphasis. So I'm just, I'm hoping we can lift up Jesus real high. And then of course, God's going to do Psalm 19 with, with creation, the same thing. And then hopefully the, uh, we're partnering with these youth pastors who get to go home and actually do the important work of discipleship and helping the, the young people walk this out.
0: Yeah. Well, again, that is the movement conference coming up in big fork, Montana, August the 4th through the 7th MVMNT 2022.com is where you can find out more information about that. And man, Levi, I'm with you. If at all possible, do the tent side of things. Just do the tents, stay away from do the, the, thing, the hotels. People. Do the thing. <laughs> well, Levi, thank you so much for carving out time to be with us today. Uh, we really appreciate it.
1: A hundred percent. And and you guys are welcome to come, come join us. We'll, we'll put a tent up for
0: y'all. Would love to see it. All right. This has been another episode of the student ministry podcast by LifeWay. We'll see you next time, everybody.